Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for your patience. Oh, wait, we got to do the full entry, don't we? Or the intro. No, we don't. Let's just let's just go with it. What is happening? Yeah, well, I'm on a roll because last uh, like podcast was totally episode. different. I know. Well, we're going to, well, I'll tell you what, we'll make this one shorter. We'll skip the intro right, at, right off the bat and we'll just get right yeah. into it. For those it. who don't know what we're talking about, it's not the episode directly before oh, this boy, one because right. we like shifted them around. Anyhow, we did a special episode a while back. It was long. It was I long, didn't have but it was good. For that one. It was absolutely good. And uh, if you haven't checked it out, check it out. And we got a new YouTube setup. The studio's growing, yeah. evolving. It's actually been shrinking. Kind of scaled down. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let us know what you think. Yeah, let us know what you think. All right, uh, let's go to the question right now. We got yeah. a question from Ryan. I like it. Hits home. Ryan, what do you got? DIY. What's up, guys? This is Ryan from Las Vegas. I got a quick two-part question. The part one is, what do your portfolios look like? What does a CFP portfolio look like? What are your goals and why? Um, Second part to that is, what kind of tax strategies do you guys implement when you have to pay on any realized gains for that year? Do you take out of a savings account? Do you take it out of your emergency fund? Do you sell more equities to pay that tax bill? Um, Anything and everything helps. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, very good question by Ryan. Let's break it down because he got a he's got a lot that was more than a two parter. I found, I saw like three or four parts in there. Sounds like Ryan's got some capital gains coming. Ryan's well, he's in <laughs> Vegas. Come on, Vegas. He's yeah. putting a, putting. A, I'd like to know what Ryan does in Vegas because you're either in the hospitality industry or you're not in Vegas, right? Yeah, Vegas, Vegas, baby, Vegas. Yeah, I think anywhere in the world yes. you are either in the hospitality industry <laughs> or you're or not. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'd love to know. Wisdom from Quint on Boom, DIY Money. Mic drop and YouTube. Okay. Um, first of all, <laughs> since I'm not a CFP, I'm going to let you start. I'll add color. Do you uh, want to hit the capital gains first or do you want to go? No, no. How Let's the heck do you the top. What is your, your portfolio? portfolio? All right. So, CFP. Yeah, quite simply, uh, my answer for all of what's in my portfolio, because I think you said, what are your goals and why or something like to make money? Uh, so when, when I position our portfolio in, in some respect, it's to make more money than I could otherwise make by having that in cash. That's why you invest, uh, whether that's keeping up with inflation, uh, whether that's having growth, whether that's producing income via dividends. It's I'm going to make stop. money. Okay. That's not what Ryan was asking. I know, but now I'm going to get into the actual funting. portfolio. All right, go, go with the portfolio. I'm just saying, so why is the goal? That's the he goal. He knows it's short term to make term. money. Come he on. asked. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Sorry, That's a Ryan. CFP. Come on. Let's go. Giddy up. All right. So uh, personally, and this is not a personal recommendation to you or anybody else, Ryan, but uh, my portfolio is divided into a couple things. So first and foremost is retirement accounts. That's 401k, uh, Roth accounts. There's an individual IRA out there somewhere. Those are primarily invested in either target date index funds or uh, index funds that allocated in a way that they're pretty much like a target date index fund. So uh, they're very boring. Um, if I'm contributing to them, I'm dollar cost averaging every paycheck or or every time I make a deposit, whatever that is, but it's allocated across the world. Uh, so U.S. equities, you know, total stock market fund, uh, international index fund, emerging market index fund. Uh, I might make something. Honestly, I really do use pretty much in those accounts as much as possible a target date index fund that is going to buy everything, 
Why? Because over the next 30 years, about 30 years till retirement, I don't know what's going to do well or not do. I don't know if emerging markets are going to do better or international or if U.S. is going to continue to reign for the next 30 years. So I want to own everything and let the things that are going to do well do well and that the things that aren't going to do well not do well and know that I'm going to get uh, great average performance, great average performance, see what I'm doing there, average performance in all of those markets over the next 30 years, which is going to outpace inflation and allow me to have returns on what I need to have returns on for my investments. Now, outside of retirement, it gets a little bit different. I'm going to skip down to uh, the short-term goals. The short-term goals uh, that we have are buying a house. If you listen to the show for a while, uh, we are targeting that in the near future, probably in the next 12 to 18 months. For those funds, we primarily keep them in an ally savings account, which is now yielding 0.5%. Very boring. Why would we do that when you could make tons of money on GameStop or anything else uh, if you've listened to the special episode? Well, the reason is, is we can't take risk because let's say we invested that in the market, which you know always goes up, quotes for the YouTube audience. If it goes down in the next three months and then that's when we want to buy a house and the stock market is now down 10 20%, uh, we now have a down payment that's down 10 20%. That doesn't make sense. So we need this cash within a reasonably short-term time period, which is anywhere between now and really four years. So we keep that in a savings account. So it, it's going to be accessible when we're ready to put that down on a house. Now, in between there, in between our emergency fund and down payment fund and our long, long-term retirement accounts, uh, we have just a general taxable investing account. When I say we, I mean our family, me and my wife, and uh, for the kids, obviously, as well. And so uh, just a general taxable account. In that, uh, I buy a variety of things. It might be ETFs uh, or some individual very long-term stocks that I hope I never have to sell. And the purpose of that is to create income and wealth for use before retirement. So these could be uh, funds that I might want to fund a goal sometime later in life. It might be funds to retire early someday before age 59 uh, and a half uh, when I can take out of a retirement account uh, without penalty. And so those are just wealth building. And so what I do, and it's because I like it, if, if I didn't like stocks, I would just buy another index fund in there. But I actually like to research some of these stocks and figure out you know, what are the companies I personally want to own uh, for a very, very long time and either get paid a dividend or participate in the long-term growth? So, you know, things like Apple for for quite a while has been in that portfolio. Um, Starbucks, because my wife keeps them in business. Uh, so we own that. Target, she also keeps that pretty much wherever my wife goes. I just buy that stock. Uh, when I see that on the Amex uh, coming through, I'm just like, uh, just buy it. We're we want to at least make money off of all the money we're spending there. That's a joke. Sorry. Um, but that's kind of how we organize that. Now, you talked about capital gains because I just did talk about a taxable account. And yes, we have capital gains. So as Target or Apple or Starbucks goes up, it accumulates capital gains. We will only owe tax if we sell that uh, and realize those gains, if we if we move them from unrealized capital gains to realize. So how do we pay that tax? Well, it's just kind of paid through just the general scheme of our sort of paying tax throughout the year is one of the ways. The other ways we do it is our family in particular, not everybody that invests is this way, but ours is charitably minded. So we actually try to avoid all capital gains by giving to charities via our stocks. Um, and that's probably a whole nother episode. But what we effectively do is we have a special charitable account when stocks are really well appreciated in our account, we try to move those stocks into our charitable account. 
We take money we would have otherwise given the charity, put it in our investment account, and buy back that stock, thus reducing the cost basis on it, increasing the cost basis on it technically, uh, but reducing our capital gains significantly. That was a lot. Sorry. No, it's good. Um, I want to try. It's difficult, Ryan, because I want to try to give as much transparent information as possible um, without sounding like a jerk um, or arrogant or whatever, because, I mean, let's let's face it, you know, Daniel and I have done well. I mean, over the years, we weren't always doing well. We started with basically nothing and have grown a, a pretty successful business. So um, I'm going to I'm going to try to talk in generalities, but I'm not. So I'm going to whatever, you know, go down this path and try to be as transparent as possible. So um, I follow much of Daniel's lead, and I didn't always do that. For many years in my life, uh, I always tried to get cute. And what I mean by cute is I always tried to find, you know, great outstanding stocks or investments that I thought would, you know, do very, very well. And ultimately, some did and some didn't. But on par, on balance, when I'd look back, I'd go, gosh, I would have just been better off buying an index fund. You know, it would have saved me a lot of heartache, a lot of, you know, time, energy or whatever. So for the most part, I follow exactly what Daniel is discussing, especially in regards to retirement accounts. So we have a 401k here at the uh, office. I also participate in a 403b. I'm an adjunct professor at the University of Kentucky. I get paid peanuts, but what I get paid, I immediately put it into a 403b. Inside the 401k and four, and I max those out. So I, I do an annual max of what I can contribute, 19.5 or whatever it is, uh, per year into the 401k and 403b because it can't do 19.19, just total. Um, and I index it and I forget it. And now I was doing target date funds, but I this is, I guess, where I like to add a little flavor. So um, I like to add a little bit right now more international and emerging market risk. I've kind of pared back some domestic risk. Um, I'm, you know, just look in 10 years, I might look back and go, ah, target date fund would have been, you know, better. But I just, I like international and emerging markets for the next 10, 15 years. So I increased that a little bit. And I'm a financial advisor, so that's what I do every day. So I don't mind sure. doing that in my portfolio. But I can tell you right now, I'm not looking at those accounts. I'm not messing around. I'm just leaving those accounts. Okay, that's number one. Number two, um, we have some additional retirement monies that came from like a SEP or something that I rolled into an IRA. My wife has a Roth, very small Roth, that uh, I think started with like two or three thousand dollars years ago when she left a um, left a job that is now about twenty some thousand. And I have I'm just be full disclosure. Can I do this? I mean, can I share the actual positions? It's not a recommendation, but yeah, it's not a rec and it's only uh, applicable to the time of the recording, not when it actually posts. But but I'm yes. not going to sell them. I mean, I'm just so saying. I am a I am a real big long term believer in both Uber and Lyft. I'm just going to be sure. Now, I also am a long-term believer in other great companies out there as well. But in my wife's Roth, in 20-some thousand dollars, I bought Uber and Lyft. That's all I own. Two stock. And I'm going to hold them. Like, I'm just going to leave them there and let them go. Uh, I like the companies. I, I, you know, I would probably be buying more, but she has a finite amount in her Roth. Okay. So, but it's 20 grand. I'm just letting it sit there. I have an IRA, and in our business, in our business, we have multiple strategies. So in our business, for 98% of our 
clients, maybe 95% of our clients, we have general separate accounts that we follow models. We also have a dividend uh, strategy that, that Daniel has run for the last several years. It's very successful. And we also have a tactical uh, trading strategy that is for high net worth individuals, very, very small sect of our, of our um, clientele. I participate in two of the three. I participate in the separate accounts, standard amount for majority of the capital that we have as a family. Um, I do not participate in the dividend. It's not where I'm at in life. I also participate in the tactical, in the in the trend. So the the capital that I have primarily for growth, absolutely, mm-hmm. uh, trying to grow, and, and it's uh, quite a quote-unquote aggressive for me at this moment, but it participates in the models that we have as a firm. The only derivation is those two stocks in my wife's account that I was like, I really like Uber and Lyft, and I'm going to buy them and forget about them. And whether they play out or not is irrelevant. So that's how I handle that. I have a small IRA. Uh, because there's no tax consequences to that, I'm also trading that in a tactical-type fashion uh, along with our model. Um, taxes, I don't really care about. Ain't nobody got time for that. I probably should be better about this, but I don't. If I make money, I know I'm going to pay tax. I'm in the 39% tax bracket. Ultimately, that becomes probably 40-plus uh, with all the other crap that, that we have to pay. But, you know, if I make money on a stock or I make money, I've been doing this long enough to where I've seen people who go, ah, I'm not going to sell that because I'm going to pay capital gains tax on it. And then they get they get crushed. So I don't really pay too much attention about that right now. I know that as time goes on, that will change. As I get closer and closer to retirement, there's no question uh, when my income is gone or down considerably from W-2 earnings, I'm going to be paying a lot more attention to my tax bracket, what I'm getting out, distributing, et cetera. But right now, I try to make money. I don't, I don't but really... if push came to shove, you guys would follow the same charitable strategy if you needed to really erase some capital gains and so forth. The oh, ability yeah. to roll stuff over into that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, capital gains, I take as much. I mean, yes, for sure. I, I, but I, you know, my our family gives a tremendous amount of money away per year. Um, we so we definitely get to to itemize. Um, you know, I, I, we give what we can give. We, we maximize deductions where we can maximize deductions. But if I'm looking at company XYZ, that's up, you know, 50% and I'm like, oh, I got to take that and pay that gain. I, I don't really care. It doesn't profit's a profit. Uh, yeah. I'm like, sell it gone. I sell too early anyways, other than this Uber and Lyft, which is, you know, finally making me money, but yeah. And to clarify, so if you don't have, if you've not paid in via your employer's paycheck throughout the year, enough taxes to cover that, then when you file your tax return, the IRS will just say you owe X amount extra in taxes. Yeah. And we write and then checks, you write a check from your checking account savings. Yeah. I mean, I'm here's the deal. It, you probably listen to this forever. Daniel and I are perfect for each other because he cares about a lot of this stuff and I just go and, but if I didn't have a Daniel, then it would be a problem. And I think, Daniel didn't have me. I just sit around with my systems and spreadsheets all day. And twiddling his thumbs. So, I mean, you know, it's a great... I think if you're a business person out there and you're the visionary type and you're the trailblazer, you got to have a Daniel. And if you're Daniel, I think you got to have the trailblazer. And so it's a great marriage. You know, it's as simple as that. So, Ryan, I know you didn't ask about that, but uh, term insurance, have term insurance, have an emergency fund. What else? I have a little uh, Ethereum, Bitcoin. Real small, though. Real small. Yeah. Stinky. Like a couple thousand bucks. 
I mined some a long time ago, and every now and then I log in. I'm like, I like it. See, oh, I look. bought it. He mined it. That's it went up where a little we're bit right now. All right, what it's else? Pointless. Anything else? No, we got to wrap this up. People right. are going to start going like, wrap these episodes are too long. All right, let's wrap it up. Thanks so much for the question, Ryan. We'll send you a $25 Amazon gift card. Remember, friends, secret to wealth, very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do it for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your questions aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decisions, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.